0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 8th, and uh, we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 59, the paragraph that begins, here are the steps we took. Um, today's readers are Rachel on the 12 steps, Jerry on the 12 traditions, and reading the text are Janice M., Esther, and Katie F. The reference number for yesterday, May 7th, is 6288. Overeaters Anonymous
1: Good morning, this is Rachel. I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our lives our will, and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Six, sorry, that was four, and this is five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6 were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11 thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him,
2: praying only
1: for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass.
3: Thank
0: you, Rachel. I will now ask Jerry Kay to read the twelve traditions.
4: Thank you for your service. Good morning. Jerry Kay from New York City. <clears throat> the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Um, How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature On page 59, um, the second full paragraph, which begins, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. And I will ask Janice M. to get us started.
5: And thank you, Kathy. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. 1. We admitted that we we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. 2. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 4. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6 were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so, would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, What an order! I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles, We have set down our guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Um, I'll be commenting on this paragraph, the last paragraph I read, but I'm going to just say that um, these are the steps that these pioneers took because they had no other choice. That was their decision. You know that I don't have any other choice, so I'm going to do it. You know I'm going to I'm going to be willing to do this. But the thing is, like, oh, I could never do this. This is this is too much. This is like being a saint. Uh, we're not going to be saints. Well, you know, the per, there's no perfection in these principles. Each step has a principle. Um, some of us know what they are. I might go through with them. It, like for example, the first step, the principle is honesty. So what they're telling us is that we're never going to be completely honest in our life. But that's not the point. Because having had a spiritual awakening, we're going to grow. We grow. Um, We don't become perfect. We never do. We're going to grow to the ideal of what my higher power wants me to be. I'm going to become more honest. I'm going to become more faithful. I'm going to become more hopeful. I'm going to have more courage if we grow and keep in fit spiritual condition, the only step that I will do or we need to do perfectly is the first. Now, that doesn't mean that our food has to be perfect. For me, I know what it means. For me, it means I have to know that I am 100% powerless, both in the allergy of my body and the obsession of my mind when I'm stopped. when I'm I'm abstinent. That's what that means. It doesn't mean that, oh, well, you know, progress, not perfection. Some sponsees think that, well, you know, I wasn't perfect with my food. Well, you know, if you're powerless, if you're really powerless, and I know it's meant to a few relapses. I wasn't powerless. I thought I was. But when I picked up the food, that doesn't mean I'm powerless. It means I have some power. (laughs) Well, you know, I have to be 100% knowing in my gut that i am powerless now the rest of the steps help me to live a different way and that's what it is i'm going to be spiritually growing it's spiritual that's the big word is the spiritual progress you know um not spiritual perfection because i believe my higher power is the only one that is all power and all perfect so That's what these are. So these are principles. These are guides. This is the directions, clear-cut directions on a new way for me to live. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice.
5: Who would like
0: to share on this second paragraph? This is Larry. Hi, Larry. Go ahead.
6: Good morning, Kathy. Thanks for your service. Uh, Larry, recovered, compulsive reader from Chicago. Okay, so... um, You know, it talks about you know the fact that these are the uh, you know these are the steps that we took, and you know, I guess I'll just uh, I'll just approach it from a from a general standpoint. You know, the we look at the implementation of the twelve steps. It it brings about a complete psychic change, or or a spiritual awakening sufficient to arrest this disease. So you know, for me to elaborate, the outcome of following these steps precisely. I mean they're pretty simple to read. You know, is that I've had a distinct personality and behavioral transformation that has led to long term sobriety. And I have long term sobriety and I'm not struggling over it. My my dad passed away the other day. You know it's it's uh you know today's a funeral, it's it's you know it's sad, but at the same time you know, he lived a long life. And the thing is, is that I've had a distinct personality and behavioral transformation that when the storm travels over my my world, I have a program that, that I can have long-term sobriety, and I've changed. I've changed distinctly as a human being. So the not eating part, you know, the not eating deal, that's just a part of it. You know, more accurately, I fundamentally change as a person by following these steps that we that we that we read. So the psychic change needed to come from a program of spiritual development. And and this is what happened to me as a result of working the steps. Just removing the, the food. Yeah, that was the ticket in the door. That was necessary. Um and, and the behavior, you know, and in change, changing behaviors, that, that wasn't enough for me. The 12 steps helped by enabling me to facilitate um, what we read in here is honest self-reflection and, and, and a reconnection to God and to others. And my addictions before led to dishonesty, self-centeredness, and disconnection. And, you know, if you turn back to, you know, to page, um, to page 20, you know, it, it says in the second paragraph, you know, if you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, if you if you have an alcoholic mind like mine, you know, you might be asking, you know, what do I have to do? And it said it's the purpose of this purpose of this book to answer these questions specifically. And then on 25, you know, it says um, which helps us. It says that, you know, um that the great fact is, or excuse me, there is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching. That's what we find in the steps. The leveling of our pride. It's about ego deflation. The confession of shortcomings. You know, We had to take an inventory, that you know, which this process requires for successful consummation. But here's the thing. We saw that it really worked in others. And we came to believe in the hopelessness and the futility of life as we've been living it. So you know, when I talk to people, they see someone where the problem has been solved. It's not just the food problem that's solved i i don't- I don't worry about it anymore I mean, these steps that we read about you have to take these steps precisely. That's what you know it's a suggestion, a suggestion if you want to recover and um and and so, I did that, and I changed dramatically had a spiritual awakening, it happened over time for me, and now I can be a man present in my life, present in the lives of others today as I go to my dad's funeral, you know, and I could be there for other people. You know, that's the gift of this program. So we have to work the steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Go ahead, Katie G.
7: Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater for today. Grateful to be here on the line and so grateful to be reading these beautiful pages. And, um, you know, the previous speaker shared um, the only portion of the steps that's vital for me to be 100% clean with is Step 1A, right? I am powerless. I have no power, choice, or control about the food. And that for me means that no matter what, you know, no matter if I'm on step four and I pick up the food, then I missed something in step one. And I need to go back and look at, read the doctor's opinion and figure out what am I missing and work closely and diligently with my sponsor. Because if I'm worshiping The food, I'm never going to find God. I just can't. That's two gods. And it it just, in my experience, it's never worked. So what I love about this is they say, these are the steps that we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Um, And then they say about, may you find God now, right? Like right now. Like I have spent so much time clearing out the wreckage of my past in my head, clearing out the wreckage of my past, my future, right? Like obsession, Crazy mental craziness. And what do the steps do? They clear out the wreckage of my past. I mean, I, I didn't do a perfect fourth step. There's no Hall of Fame with Katie's notebook saying, Look at Katie G. She did a fabulous fourth step. She's arrived. Here, go the head of the class. Here's your capping down. Right? I just I, I made a beginning, and I did, I was fearless in, in searching, thank you, God. And I, I went through the steps, and I made as many amends as God made clear to me at that time. And today I live in step 10, and 11, and 12, which means, yeah, I make mistakes. Like, for example, yesterday morning I woke up, was doing service, I got an email, boom, what happened? I was having a reaction, but what am I willing to do today? Am I willing to question daily my willingness to be willing? And for me, what that means is, number one, no matter what, food is not an option, right? So when I have resentment, fear, selfishness, all of that, I do a step 10. I called a couple buddies. I did the step 10. I started praying for this woman. Did I feel great all day yesterday? No. But I had a solution that worked. I kept praying for this woman. God, this Help me believe that she, like me, like me, is spiritually sick. Help me grant her the same patience, tolerance, pity, and love that I would cheerfully grant to six friends, save me from being angry, and then I got to be of service to others. So what I'm saying is the steps rocket me into the fourth dimension, which may you find him now. God is in the now, right? So every time I'm, like, rehashing, resenting, fearing, it's getting me out of the now. But thank God I I have tools today, like, You know, five years ago, my tools were, let me get in the boxing ring and steamroll this woman. Let me send her, you know, and I had drafted an email back, steamrolling her. So thank you, God, I had the pause today, right? Read it to my sponsor. My sponsor said, no way, you're getting in the boxing ring. You know, I'm doing the same stuff. And what happens when you do the same stuff? You get the same results. So absolutely, fundamentally, I stay absent no matter what. Thank you, God, that my commitment to that is down. But the only way I can, can live in the steps is if I actually take action today. And my willingness to be willing means am I willing to have a shift in perception? When I call a buddy and they say, hey, you know what? Sounds like you're in a lot of self-pity. Get out of yourself. Call a newcomer. Hey, sounds like you're not trusting God. What's up with that? What would what would this situation look like if you trusted or relied on God and let go? Stop trying to control so thank you, God. I have solutions today that rocket me into the right now, rocket me back into my relationship with God when this pro- when, when my disease is popping up. And uh, if you're not doing this, if you're wondering what we're doing here, we are living life today. I am living a life on borrowed time, and I am so impressed by God and can't wait to see what he has in store for me today. And with that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G. Who else would like to share in this paragraph? Kim? Okay, Kim, go ahead.
8: morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, one of the things I like to do is I like to compare, um, you know, what I thought about these steps versus, you know, when I was working the fellowship really hard and when I became a student of the big book and I started to really look at what these words were saying. So the first thing that was read, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. And really what, what the steps were to me were, here were the steps that I read only during meetings. You know, here were the steps that I pondered over when I was really in a lot of pain. Here were the steps that I analyzed to try to figure them out so I wouldn't feel so bad. Here are the steps that I thought about quite frequently. But they're saying here, here are the steps we took we have to take action. There's specific action. And it says suggested as a program of recovery. Absolutely. The whole entire program is suggested. But if you make, take that suggestion, if you decide that you're going to do the 12 steps, there's a very specific directions and a very specific order. That's very different than the way I approached it when I was working just the fellowship of the Readers Anonymous. And the other one I want to bring out is The last line we read, we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And I grew up in the O.A. room saying progress, not perfection.
9: And the book says we
8: claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So what is that difference? In the fellowship, when I would say progress, not perfection, I've heard some other speakers say, well, I was mostly abstinent. Or I mostly did a fourth step, or I mostly follow the directions, or I mostly did this, or I mostly did that, and since it's progress, not perfection, then that should be good enough. What it's saying is we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So what's that difference? So let's say we like to go bowling, and a perfect score in bowling is 300. When we go to play that game, we are striving for a perfect 300 score. That's the point of, of going there. We want, to, we, want to, we want to strive for perfection. We want that 300 score. But we understand that we're human beings. And in the beginning, we know we're excited when we break 100. Maybe we get to 150. Even the best bowlers in the world don't get 300 every time. So that is what my intention today Step 10 says our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. I'm always going to grow towards that ideal. My goal today is to align myself with God's will 100%. But I understand that I'm a human being. And things, you know, I'm not going to be perfect about it, but I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to strive to be 70% of God's will today. I've never studied for a test in college or high school that said, my goal is to get a 70 on that test. My goal is to get an 80 on that test. I study so with, the, with the goal to get 100%, but understand I might only get a 90% on that test. That's a totally different mindset from when I work the fellowship and I work the program of recovery. And let me tell you my experience and the results I get when I, look, when I compare the program I'm currently working with the program in the book and I strive to work the program in the book, wow. Wow. I get a life that is happy, I get a life that is joyous, and I get a life that is free. So ask yourself, how free do you want to be? And with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Uh is there anyone else who'd like to share on this panel? This is Kathy and I'd like to take a turn. Um, and I'd like to comment on the phrase, we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. Um, for so long, I really had no clue what this meant, to grow along spiritual lines. Um, I had uh, my own uh, definition of growth, which had much more to do with things like um, being happy all the time, getting what I want, um, being loved and recognized by people around me. Um, And it wasn't until I really um, took step one thoroughly and completely and let go of all notions of what, my life should be about, and just completely gave myself to this program, that I began to understand what it means to grow along spiritual lines. And today what it means to me is that um, each day I um, seem to have increasing uh, willingness, openness, and honesty to seek God's will for me. Um, I very rarely take action on my own thinking alone these days. I have already um, developed the habit uh, at the first sign of discomfort to go to my higher power and to ask for guidance. And that's the growth, the shift away relying on myself to relying on God. Um, And it's been a very subtle process, and it continues to improve each day that I continue to live in Steps 10, 11, and 12. And I'm just so grateful that when I come to these meetings, I am reminded on a daily basis exactly what I need to do to continue to grow along spiritual lines. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on?
10: This is Katie
0: F. Katie F., go ahead, please.
10: Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Central Virginia. Um, I love this paragraph. Um, I know that when I, I first heard it, you know, I identified the most with what an order I can't go through with it, and I sort of stayed stuck in that um, for a long time. I would look at people who were recovered, uh, mostly in AA meetings who talked about, um, having worked the steps and made their amends and, and all this stuff. And I would think, I just, I just can't do that. You know? So I tried to settle for this, um, you know, half measure way of living. And, you know, the result of that was, um, relapse that lasted almost a year and you know hitting new uh, highs in my weight and eating with uh, such uh just so much worse than it had ever been in my life prior to you know six years before when i came into oa and so you know that's what my half measures got me that's what um that's what's waiting for me if i say i can't go through with it today You know, but life does happen. You know, as Katie G. shared, I mean, things happen in my life. And, you know, even with decades of abstinence and recovery and working these steps one day at a time and going through them over and over again and talking to people and and everything I do, I still have days where I think, what am I doing? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to live my life. I'm really a failure, I'm just an idiot, and what do I think I am just talking on this line and all these people hear me and they think I know something, and you know, that is my disease. That is coming in and saying, you are not enough. You are never enough, who do you think you are? But gratefully, this last line says, we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So I can slam the door in that lie and say, I am spiritually progressing. Because, you know, I get on my knees every morning and I ask God to help me. You know, I didn't graduate from getting on my knees every morning and asking God to help me. I live in steps 10, 11, and 12 today. Um, You know, I have to take action sponsor says, you know, that sounds like something you can't just let go of. You need to take action. You need to get clarity. And I do that. And then I call her back and I say, I did that. You were right. And it, uh, you know, had a completely different result than what I expected. So we don't claim spiritual perfection because if we were perfect, we would not need to work these steps. We would not be on this line every morning. We would not be working with newcomers because we would be Perfect. And we would just have some, uh, you know, perfect life that doesn't even exist. No one has a perfect life. And so, you know, I had to accept that, that there is no uh, perfection in this life. I have to just keep doing the next right thing in front of me. And that means claiming my seat, asking for help, working with others, and keep coming back. And I'm just so grateful for this simple but not easy process. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, KDS. Esther C., would you read the next paragraph for us? Hi, this is Alina. May I share?
11: Good morning. My name is Esther C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Canada.
0: Uh, Esther, can you wait one minute? I heard someone come in. I'm going to just check who that was. Who was that? Hi, this is Alina in Florida. Okay, Alina, would you mind sharing after we read the paragraph? Sure. Okay, great. Thank you. Go ahead,
1: Esther.
11: Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our problems, and C, that God could and would if he were sought. Shall I continue?
0: Um, No, why don't we stop there?
11: Okay. Thank you. Good morning. My name again is Esther C. from Canada. And, you know, at this point in the big book, if I've come to this point already you know, read so far, then I've, you know, read the description of the alcoholic, which is Step 1 Matters. I've read the chapter to the agnostic, which is describing Step 2, and our personal adventures before and after was my having, you know, recorded my experiences both in the food and and while abstinent, you know, which I've thoroughly documented. And all this reading and writing that I've done so far is designed to bring me to the the conclusions of Steps 1 and 2, right, A, B, and C, is basically summing up the conclusions I come to in steps one and two, that I'm powerless over food um, and my life is unmanageable and that only a higher power can give me the power to, to relieve me of the mental obsession. So at this point, we're now poised to make a decision now that we've come to these conclusions. But I have to ask myself, am I really convinced? Am I really out of ideas? Because then I'm ready to move on. But what if I'm not convinced? I remember learning once that in the original manuscript, there was a line right here which read as follows, if you're not convinced on these vital issues, you ought to reread the book to this point or else throw it away. And I think that that's really good advice because if I'm not convinced, the rest of the book is going to be useless for me. There's no point to keep it. I might as well just throw it out because I'm not going to embrace the action steps and do them honestly and do them quickly if I'm not truly convinced of those two ideas as a matter of fact, when I first came into the program of Overeaters is Anonymous, I was doing so well in an abstinence and tools focused program that I was uh, uh, pretty sure you know I was pretty sure about the allergy I was not quite convinced about the obsession, and I began the steps as if I were you know tiptoeing through the tulips nice and slow, a little work here, maybe a little there, listening in on some step studies but this the course of action that I took led me straight and full force into relapse. So finally, um, where the reading and writing couldn't convince me, the food convinced me, right? The meetings and the readings and the homework and the warnings of other compulsive overeaters didn't convince me, but the food was the great convincer and brought me to the point where I finally came to those conclusions that I am powerless over food and I need to find a higher power and I better do what I need to do and do it quickly, so my experience is that it's not only the newcomers who need convincing, you know, who haven't come to the conclusions of step one and two. It's many of us who are in the room, as I had experienced before I finally, you know, made made that decision of step three, which we're about to read in the next paragraph, and then did those action steps and did them quickly and did them thoroughly. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Esther. Alina, would you like to share? Hello? Yes. Go ahead. Can you hear me okay?
3: It seemed like it's breaking up. I can okay. hear you. Thank you. Hi everyone. My name is Alina. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater in Florida and um just wanted to share I'm really grateful for this meeting and for everything people have shared. Um I so relate to so many of the stories that um people share about and um you know, just even in this reading, about how, you know, no human power could have relieved us of our alcoholism or food addiction. And, you know, I'm coming into the Vision for You meeting and, um, you know, I've been in program for a long time and still struggle with letting go of of my will and my life and turning my will and my life completely over to the care of a power um, as I understand them. And, um, you know... It's so hard, personally, I hope it's okay to share, share this on the Zoom, but it's so hard to accept that I, one, again, am powerless and cannot relieve myself of the mental obsession or whatever it is, and, you know, I, I just struggle with um, accepting, you know, that this is this is a disease that, that I have to, to completely turn my will in my life, not just in some areas of my life, but all areas of my life, you know, and 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 that's so, so scary for me. You know, I just, I feel terrified, and, and I, just like someone said earlier, keep trying to do the next right thing, and and hopefully be able to, to do this way of life. You know, I'm abstinent um, for a couple of years, but just like someone said that, the tools and all of that stuff, if I don't you know, enlarge my spiritual life if people have said, then I will not stay abstinent and I'm I'm really scared of that. So I just wanted to to share and um ask for help because I'm I'm really I'm struggling um with that aspect of it and um I'm looking for some some help. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Alina. Keep coming back. Who else would like
9: to share
0: Okay, hey, Bella, go ahead. Leah. Oh, Leia.
9: Bella and then Leia. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella and I'm a thankful recovery compulsive <laughs> overreader. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service and thank you very much everybody that is on the line. I love this paragraph. It's a paragraph with hope. And one thing that I learned in the programme, and here it's very clear, that I am powerless. I have one power, to do the right choice one day at a time. And my choice is today that I want to believe. And according to to my belief today, this is the way I will act and this is the way I will behave. And today I am choosing to believe that, yes, I am a compulsive overeater. And it's nothing to do with me. It's not because... I am not smart. It's not because I live here and not there. It's not because I had my experience in the past. No, it's because this is the way I was created. Yes, this is the way that God created me, and this is how God wants me to be. Today I believe that no human power could have relieved my my compulsive overeater. And this is why today I am not a people pleaser. Today I am not jealous. Today I choose to believe that we are all the same. We are all human. Today I am choosing to believe that I am looking for progress and not perfect. And today I am choosing to believe that no human power can help me. I I choose to believe that the only power that can help me and I really want to be connected is the power of God. And today I believe that God could and would if he were so. so yes, today I am choosing to believe that I want to be connected to God because only when I am connected to God, then I can hear his message for me. Then when I am open myself up and want to do his will for me and not my will. Today I am looking to do to pass over the message that God wants me to pass and not my will. Today I am choosing to believe that I am human and I have limitations, and and it's okay. It's a freedom of my my mind. I am not looking for perfect. I am looking po- for progress one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella. Leah, it's your turn.
9: Thanks so much, Kathy Kay. My
12: name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our description of the alcoholic... The chapter to the agnostic and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. So obviously our description of the alcoholic, you know, is describing uh the content that we find you know, in doctor's opinion, the content that we find in Bill's story, the information that we get from Chapter 2 and 3, uh, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after, of course, referred to Bill's story and the stories in the back of the book. So, you know, when I, when I read this, you know, it reminds me of the fallacy of most um, OA meetings that they start the newcomers in Chapter 5 with how it works we have to lead the newcomers through those preceding chapters so that it becomes clear when we get to A, B, and C um, what is going on here. You know, these are summaries of of where we've been, where these recovered alcoholics have been. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. I mean, essentially a translation of step one there that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, that, that we have to have a search uh, for power because obviously left to our own devices, left to my own intellect, left to my own willpower, left to my own determination, left to own, any human aid, um, you know, that was not uh, sufficient enough to conquer the obsession of the mind. No human power could relieve my compulsive overeating. I knew I was a compulsive overeater. I certainly didn't understand the depths to which this disease would drag me. I didn't see the writing on that wall. But my own understanding of the disease and my awareness of the disease never stopped me from compulsive overeating. So what was going to be my solution? Well, see, that God could and would if he were sought. That's the condition. How am I going to seek God? Well, four through nine, steps four through nine are the seeking. The application of the steps is the way that I have an opportunity to seek and find God. And it's in that pursuit. You know, that's what the big book promises, is that working the 12 steps will remove the blocks that keep me from my higher power, however we have conceived that higher power. And that that higher power will enter our lives and give us sanity. That is the uh, what the big book is laying out here. It's selling me a package, and you know what? <laughs> I got to the point where I was so beaten in my disease. I bought the package and followed the directions and got the results. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you,
0: Leia. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Okay, um, KDF, would you read the next paragraph? KDF, are you there? Press star one. I'm sorry,
10: did you ask me to read the next paragraph? Yes, please. Okay, good morning. This is Katie Apple, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Virginia. Being convinced we are at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood Him, just what do we mean by that and just what do we do? Well, you know, I think the 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 key word is here is that we decided to turn our will. Um This doesn't mean that we become these spiritual giants overnight. It's a decision. It's a decision to turn my life over to the care of God and it's a decision I make every day. I admit my powerlessness. I admit my need for God and I admit that I um, am looking for something outside of myself to run the show and I make that decision every day and it doesn't mean that I am perfect, as I shared earlier. It means that I am not going to go by I, I, I and what I think. I am willing to ask for help, to admit that I am uh, don't know how to run my own life, and to seek a higher power. And this is a continuous process, one day at a time. It's not, you know, once and done. Um, we don 't go through these steps and get a pin and become lifetime members uh, without any work. Um, we keep working this program, and my experience has been that we work it harder. I work it harder than I did when I came in. Does it mean that it's it is harder? No, my desire is has changed. My desire to get out of myself and to get out of my own way. And to admit that my thinking, my best thinking, got me to wanting to drive off the road. So, if that's my best thinking, then I think I need to ask for help. And that's what I have to remember every day: that my way did not work. My way got me, you know, into <laughs> every scrape you know you can imagine, in a very narrow, um, ridiculous life at the age of 27. So today I, I ask God, I think back on all the things that God has brought me through and I look at what's facing me today and I think, well, he got me through those things. So um, I am just trusting that it will all work out
0: again today.
10: And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, K D F. Who would like to share on this paragraph?
13: Yeah I'm
0: Jeff. Uh, yeah. yeah. Kaya okay. Uh-huh. okay, let's start again. I I heard Jeff, was it? Je- Jack.
5: Jeff Kaya. Jack.
0: Kaya. Um
14: I'm sorry. Sally Sally. Sally was before me.
0: Uh who was before Sally? Sally.
15: Yes, Sally.
0: Sally oh, and then Hi, Ella. Haya, is that right? Yes. Okay. And Sarah. And I also heard Larry and Sarah. Okay. I think we've got it now. Uh so we'll go Jack, Haya, Sally, Larry, and Sarah. Okay, Jack, go ahead, please.
13: All right, thanks. Good morning, everyone. My name's Jack. I'm a compulsive reader. <clears throat> um So step three is... Uh, probably the most meaningful step to me. Um, when I came, before I came into the program, I was used to only uh, tiring myself out with basically trying to, you know, will will every aspect of my life as hard as I could. And what it got me was, uh, you know, having these issues with food. Today, um, I get to work on this program daily. And in the morning when I do prayer and, and ask and go through step three, um, it's it's counterintuitive sometimes. Sometimes I say, well, I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to be this, and I, uh, and I just force these things to happen. But I know from my experience working these steps that this program has, you know, given me exactly what I really needed deep down when going through it. Um, in a way, it's like my higher power knows what's best for me, and it's it's uh, I'm not calling the shots anymore and And having the experience of, of knowing that that's okay and it works, I can confidently say, "Okay, well, you know, even though I wanna do this and I wanna be that and I wanna say this, I'm gonna try and work on uh, letting go and turning it over and uh as a result, you know um I get true meaning i don't I don't eat the menu as they say I get to uh to really live and uh That's, 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 uh, that's what this is about, you know, getting past my issues and learning what life is really about, getting meaning through working with others (coughs) on a daily basis. So, um, you know, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't, if you're having trouble with this stuff, just, uh, keep going and, um, talk to people an open mind about it. Find people who have what you want and talk to them about it. They'll probably be able to put this to you in a way that makes sense. All right, thanks.
5: Thank you, Jack. Hiya.
14: Thank you. Hi, everybody. This is Haya, very grateful, recovered, compulsive eater and bulimic in Denver, Colorado. Love this book and I love where we are um, being convinced. We are at step three. Being convinced of what? Being convinced of the things that we just heard that we just read um, you know just a few minutes ago which is a that you know we were alcoholic or compulsive eaters and could not manage our own lives am I convinced of that am I convinced that I can't ingest what's for me alcohol when it comes to food and that I can't manage my own life with or without the food (laughs) with the food I can't manage my own life without the food I certainly can't manage my own life Um, that probably no human power could relieve this problem. So, like, you can't relieve it, no sponsor is going to relieve it, I can't relieve it, no human power, and that God could and would if he were sought. This God that we discussed so thoroughly, the possibility, you know, our own conception of a power greater than ourselves, God could and would if we were sought. If I, being convinced of these three things, these conclusions, um, we were ready to turn our will in life over to the care of God and what do we mean by that and what do we do, which is so exciting because they're about to tell us what they mean by it and then what, what we do. Um, I, for many, many, many years in Overeaters Anonymous, thought that step one and step two were things I had to do. And what I was taught when I became, as Kim so eloquently says, you know, a student of the Big Book, what I found is that these are conclusions. These are, you know, it says in in the book, we had to concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholic. I had to concede to my innermost self that I was a compulsive eater, and that God is found deep down inside, deep down right? So those were, these are conclusions. I had to make the conclusion. And you know, when I did, when, when I did, it was like, oh my God, I, it was a whole different experience than when um, it was like taking step one, taking step two. I had to conclude that I could not manage my own life with or without the food, that I was powerless over the food. I couldn't I couldn't control the amount I took once I started, and I couldn't control staying stopped once I stopped, that probably no human power could relieve it, and and that God couldn't, would if he were sought? And when I was convinced of that, I had no other choice but to go on to the bitter end or to make this decision, this next step is going to be a decision to turn our will and our life over the care of God. And what that, as Leah's just shared, is, you know, that's going, That's the decision to continue with the remaining steps and then live in the steps on a daily basis for the rest of my life um, because step 10, step 11, and step 12 keep me there. I am so grateful for this program of action and I am so grateful for this Overeaters Anonymous meeting that focuses on our program of recovery, on the on. Defining the problem, defining the solution, and then helping to 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 show and articulate and and study and and then take you know on each of us individually that program of action so that we can so that we can recover and that's been my experience. Thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Okay. I, uh, I'm
0: going to ask that. Sally, Larry, and Sarah, if you can be brief in your shares, I kind of lost track of time, but I want to give you each an opportunity. So go ahead, Sally. Press star one, Sally, to unmute.
15: Thank you, Katie. It's Sally. recovered in in South Jersey. Um, very briefly, when I read um. This uh, A, B, and C, which is leading up to being convinced. When I read being convinced, I have to ask myself, what am I being convinced of, um, that we were alcoholics, could not manage our own lives? What it says to me is that that first step, what am I admitting? I'm admitting that I need to do something else. I need God. Um, Step two, I came to believe something something outside of myself would help me. And what I when I translate that to or um, distill it down to is belief for me equals, okay, I will give this a shot. Uh, just that's it. I'm willing to give it a shot. And then step three, that God could and would if he were sought. And that leads me to um, where it says here, being convinced we were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to the care over to God as we understood him. And this is really all I wanted to say, that we decided to turn our will and our life. So when I read that, turn our will over to the care of God, what it says to me is that if we are willing to be made willing, God will accomplish the work for you and me. That's all I've got to say. Thanks for letting me share.
6: Thank
0: you, Sally.
6: Uh, Larry. Hey, Kathy. Thanks so much. Uh, boy, it's real brief. Um, you know, I, I made a decision to take a shower, to put on my black suit, my black tie, you know, go to my dad's um, memorial service, you know, and the funeral. Um, I haven't, I've not done none of those yet today. Making decisions is not enough. I have to take action. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry, and Sarah,
2: you'll be our last share today. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah. I'm a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater. I just like to implore because I think that um, this really tells it all of how to get really started and to change. And that is, you know, basically it says, you know, that, that we are, we are alcoholic and we can't manage our own lives. And with that, I have to concede to my innermost self that I can't do it on my own. And, you know, if you're struggling either as a newcomer or as I was, as a person that had been in the program for a very long time, that had abstinence, that ended up, you know, in relapse, you know, this is this is the answer. At least it's been for me, that, you know, I can't do it on my own. That I need to, you know, to look for the help and to start really working the steps with the diligence that I had in trying to binge or whatever I was doing. You know, we all have this inner part of ourselves that's very strong, this willfulness. And if we can utilize that instead by utilizing it to work the program, it does work. And I'm so grateful for that. 1939 this started. Think of the millions and millions of people it's helped. It can help all of us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sarah. It's now time to uh, close the meeting. Thank you, everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Uh, Janice, are you still with us to read a vision for you? Our Big Book is meant to be suggestive only. Press star 1. Okay, how about um, Esther? Are you with
11: us? Yes, thank you. Okay,
0: great. Can you do that for us? Thank you.
11: Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right,